Welcome to Unlock Your Soul with your truly Antonio Soul. And today I have a very, very special guest right here at Nairobi Street Kitchen because this guest, the last time I saw him was when he was seven years old. And now he's 28 years old. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was 21 years ago. He's actually my cousin, his dad, who's one of my favorite uncles ever because he he's, he's just the coolest uncle, is my dad's cousin. And so in Kikuyu culture, we don't have first or second or third cousins. We are just cousins. <laughs> so it's my cousin is called John Kibera guy. And if you're from Atlanta, Georgia, you know him as John the Finesse God. Cute. So since I haven't seen him in a long time, <laughs> I always thought on, on your social media, you look so tall. You're so tiny. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in the blood. You're so short. And then when I saw you, I was like, Oh my God, this one must be my cousin. He's short like me. <laughs> so now I'm 100% sure you're my cousin. Yeah. So how are you? How are you doing? How is life? How is it to be back home? How's all that? First of all, it's great to be here. Yeah. It's great seeing you again. It's so great. So good scene. Uh, you don't remember seeing me. Nah, you are a child. I know, so man. So wh- what do you mean by seeing me again? You can't remember. You... Do you know me? I changed your nappies. Hey. <laughs> I, I did not. I'm joking. I just, you know, <laughs> I know. I know you from somewhere. We have some resemblance. Yeah, yeah. yeah this nose of ours, <laughs> this nose, hey, this nose, hey, this hey, our nose, our family has. A, when I saw you, I was so happy. Yeah. Because I feel, I think, like, um, but it's it's a very blood thing when you see your blood and you feel right. your blood, you feel your people. Right. And we've spoken online a lot, mm-hmm. but um, we've had very honest and intimate conversations about our families and the mm-hmm. issues that our families face. Mm-hmm. So I feel for me, I felt like I, I finally met somebody who I'm able to bounce off of what some of the things that go through in my mind. Right. But I'm so happy to see you. You too. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, today I think I'm going to have a very good day because I'm just smiling the whole time. So tell us about your upbringing away from Nairobi, away from Kenya, away from your nuclear relatives. How, how's that been for you? Um, I can say it's been a journey. Yeah. Um, especially growing up, I was mainly with my sisters. Yeah. Mostly no other cousins. Yeah. And then, especially in Georgia, I stayed in um, Atlanta, Georgia. There wasn't that many Kenyans. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was different. I can say more so different and less. I had to adapt more on relating with other people from a new area than what I was used to before I left. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you're in the States, there's always the issue of African-Americans not being able to relate with Africans and Africans oh, yeah. not really being able to understand this trauma and the issues that African-Americans have. Right, right. But then now you yours is an extra level where you're also Kenyan. Mm-hmm. So there's more into the fray. Mm-hmm. How, how is that growing up? Do you consider yourself African-American or more Kenyan? How... How do you place yourself? I can say I'm African-American influenced yeah. because of my surroundings mm-hmm. and how I was brought up. Yeah. But at home, still Kenyans, yeah. you know? But I can say... Did, you, did your man raise you the Kenyan way? Like, were you spanked? Were you... Oh, yeah. For real? Oh, my guy. <laughs> my guy. Yeah. Kwanza my show. Yeah. She was not the one to play with. Yeah. yeah. She didn't care. This is America. Nah, she didn't care. So there's no calling social security child protection services at the oh, Nina Pigua. They don't nah, care. Nah, none of that. We <laughs> handling were fr- at Were your home. friends surprised? Like, hey, this kid is beaten at home. Actually, yeah. all my friends, their parents took my home as home because it was so disciplined. Mm. So like all my friends that was in my neighborhood, anytime we get in trouble, We'd have a meeting in my house. Like, my wow. parents are the ones supposed to be disciplining them. Yeah. So, that's actually really cool. 
It's yeah. you've, you've thought about it, right? You've looked back and you're like, yeah. yeah. By the way, we were probably the most. But that's the thing about Kenyan parents, or like African parents. There's no way you're gonna go to the states, and then you go and get spoiled there. Oh no. Nah. nah, bro. We didn't come here to get spoiled. We came here to look for a better lives. So nah, you're not gonna sure. like go and misbehave. So how are you? How are my my cousin sisters? How are they doing? They're good. Yeah. Um, one boy, the oldest sister, she has three kids. Yeah. Her second born actually goes to school here. Wow. Yeah. He actually said that it's better for him to go to school here. Than in states. What? And he's only what fifteen. Wow. Right. Jeez, that that's interesting because then, because it means that I'm an uncle to a fifteen year old. Yeah. But she's the one who told you about me. She's the one who told you that we're right. related. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so, how's that for you knowing that you have family in Kenya who you've not been able to connect with? Did it always bug you? Did it always bother you in the sense that our families were doing the utmost least to like bring us together? Yeah, it did. Um, especially growing up in an environment where it's not home, you would actually spend more time trying to find out who you are. You know, it's easier to find out your identity when you're around the people who love you because they give you like the the honest truth. Yeah. But there, since I didn't have that many, I can say I was searching more of my identity without the surroundings of who I who's family. Yeah. So actually, when I any time that. I hear that, okay, there's a cousin that lives here, cousin that lives here. I get more ambitious on finding out who they are because it's, you know, yeah. I want to know more about our history. Yeah. And and have you been successful at, at sort of connecting with most of us, your relatives? I have. Yeah. I actually How have. How does it make you feel? I'm actually happy. Yeah. I actually feel more whole. Yeah. And um, a couple of my questions have been answered. Mm, right. What questions did you have? Like, I never knew all of my dad's brothers. Mm, for real, yeah. your uncles. Yeah, I never knew mm. them. Yeah. And now, I know majority the ones I I've met the, everyone that's alive. Yeah. And I know about the ones that's deceased. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, you and I have a, sort of a similar um, family structure where mm-hmm. <laughs> our families, I mean, the, the 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 our our uncles and aunties who are still alive, mm-hmm. but you find that most of them and they don't talk to each each other or they don't talk to one another. And I mean, it's a lot of these issues that we have have been brought up because of inheritance issues, succession issues. Right, right. Did that come off to you as quite foreign seeing that, you know, that property and wealth is the reason that actually puts people apart while you're doing everything to try and find yourself. Right. They're doing everything to stay away from one another. How does that how does it make you feel? I, I really actually hate it. Yeah. That's actually one of the biggest thing I can say I hate about family structures here in Kenya because it was very foreign to me. Yeah. Um, people actually really value inheritance more than anything. And that's the number one thing, in my opinion, that breaks families apart. Yeah. It has to do with family, but yet it destroys families apart. So I really despise it. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Mm. I have I have relatives, uncles, um, who've poisoned their kids against our family or against myself. Oh wow! And they, I mean, the the cousins cannot talk to me mm-hmm. because, well, <laughs> they are carrying their parents' burdens, mm-hmm. and I'm just here like, why are you carrying your burden? Because I'm I don't know what you are told, and I really don't care. Right. But you're carrying your parents' burden right. over other things that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean. But then also, it's so difficult for you to connect with them because they've, you've been made to look 
as the enemy and they are made to look as the enemy right is it do you feel it's possible for you to bring families together or or, or at least your cousins or people together without offending your parents uh me specifically yeah. no i'm going to offend cuz i've cuz I've, I've, I've tried but the the issue is my issue is not even offending my parents mm-hmm. my issue is that my cousins are stuck in trying to fight for their parents whatever beliefs whatever they, they had believe. right right that right my effort is just uh, whatever yeah um I, honestly i come off as very disrespectful yeah i don't hold my tongue back cuz yeah. I'm, i'm speaking out of me being genuine yeah so regardless if the person takes my intention as being disrespectful yeah that's just you know i'm not going to force it i'm not going to take it to the heart yeah. you know it is what it is yeah. but i do get very passionate in terms of trying to not convince but make my uh make our cousins be more open minded yeah in terms of okay we can't control and change our parents yeah. you know they're at the yeah. age where they can't change they anymore they can't change yeah so we can't expect them to help us change and we're not even taking initiative on yeah. trying to either know more about each other or making that change yeah so it's possible but people are always going to feel offended especially if they're standing on what their parents believe in yeah. about yeah it's 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 such a i mean it's a, this is a this is a very pertinent topic as far as as african families are concerned a lot of the african african families have been put apart mm-hmm. because like you say because of wealth they say blood is thicker than water but in kenya land is thicker than blood Sheesh. for as long as there is land involved no matter how small the parcel of land is and people for context i don't want to put i don't want to i don't want to put all our dirty linen in public but for context so just so you guys know mm-hmm. john and i we come from families where we own a lot of land in nairobi right this is this is not <laughs> we don't have any other yeah you know people have like moranga nyeri We don't have any of that. So when you come to Kawangoya for example, I come from a place called Gatina which is where my grandfather, his grandfather's brother, mm-hmm. um that's where he built his grandfather built in a place called Dagreti Corner. Mm-hmm. I have another cousin of mine if you've checked my social media, he's called Wanjao, he's a stylist. Right. His family is from Setlite. We have another uncle of our only remaining grandfather is also in Setlite but just on uh, after Kinyanjui road mm. so we don't know any other place other than Nairobi all our people are buried in Langata because we don't have Moranga uh, and yeah, yeah. all that so when we talk about the land that our family owns mm. it has actually put our families apart right. because of the 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 love of that land before anybody else and before each other mm. so i feel instead of them enjoying the properties or the land that we have mm. they'd rather be at discord Mm. than be together and enjoy that and it comes back to bite us because once they go mm. so what happens to us are we supposed am i all of a sudden going to be your enemy because there's some property which i should also have some stake to we are close and we've just right, met right. yesterday mm. but then all of a sudden we're going to hate each other because i feel like no you have too much and i have too little so that entitlement is also a very big problem yeah and so it's but this is also a very common denominator of wife families in Africa cannot stand one another mm-hmm. and we end up carrying the burdens of our parents it's really really sad you are a young father mm-hmm. who you have a daughter 
you are taking care of your family, you are hustling, you're rapping. We're gonna get into your music career in a short while. Mm -hmm. But what lessons have you learned from family and growing up in this sort of instance that you now feel your daughter has to be raised a certain way? And how has that changed you as a man, as a father? I can say, um, like my journey as being as a father, I've I've become more considerate about my surroundings mm -hmm. because I like 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 I just explained to you, I didn't grow up with majority of my relatives. Yeah. So I'm a selfish person. Yeah. Because I want the best of the best, but now and I you are been... a last born. So <laughs> I've just realized you got everything you wanted. <laughs> yeah, you are last. Last ones are spoiled. I know you. Uh, you can argue all you want, but last ones are spoiled. It is what it is, uh, and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I brought your mom or dad will watch this. Like, yeah, we've been trying to tell him he's spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> Understand? Last ones get away with so much. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So you are very careful about your surroundings mm -hmm. and how you raise your daughter. Right, especially yeah. having a, a a daughter. Yeah. As a first child, it's yeah. it's more hands-on. And I also learned to be more emotionally um intelligent. Yeah. Before I was I don't care if it's not messing up my source of income yeah. or what I want to do. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. You know, but now I have to. I also have to monitor the way I move, the mo monitor the way I, I react to people. Mm. I can't just be me, you know. Is that the, the African American in you? Yeah. You know where you guys are just always ready. Sometimes I don't want to hear that shit. Yeah. Sorry, but not sorry. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> that, that's interesting because because <laughs> is it true what we watch like on TV? You guys are always ready to like to like run up on somebody. I mean, you're just like always like don't don't come to me that sort of way. Like there's no patience for understanding. It's like bombastic side eye to everyone. Yeah, I mean. um Bombastic side eye. How did you Actually, look at me? How do you? There's always that with African Americans. Right. The way. Yeah. You look, how like, did you look at me? I didn't. I didn't like how you spoke to at me. me like yeah. That. Why are you looking at me like that? Like, yeah. there's always that. You now have to scale it down. Cause see, the difference is, people are used to people minding their own business. Yeah. So when you start minding someone else's business, why are you minding my business? Yeah. <laughs> why are you? Why are you minding my my business? business. <laughs> yeah. What's the problem? Yeah. But. It's, it's some areas. It depends on where. Like like I said, ATL is pretty, um, it's hot. Yeah. Especially places that's hot. Yeah. People tend to be hot. Yeah. And um, the surroundings. Yeah. That's it. Have you had run-ins with, um, have you felt black in America? Yeah. All the time? Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. I can say, okay, working at a job. I've probably dealt with more racial issues mm. than any other. Mm. And the reason why I actually encountered them is because I have a tendency of being an overachiever. Mm -hmm. So me being an overachiever sometimes intimidates someone. Some people, yeah. Well, yeah. the other race. Yeah. And um, they feel intimidated. Yeah. So I've actually dealt with those racial situations in working for jobs yeah. than any other encounters in that. Because I'm usually out the way. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of jobs, I mean, the big elephant in the room has to be your hair. <laughs> what kind of jobs are you going to do with this hair? Like, what kind of jobs? Um, Surprisingly, it's possible for you to get any jobs if your qualifications are right. I have a lot of experience. So what I've even done manager roles at jobs like, okay, the last job I did, I actually stopped working for nine to five companies. This is probably my second year focusing on my... uh. 
audio engineering. Yeah. But last job I did was managing a valet company. Wow. For um, a hotel called Hilton Garden Inn and Homewood Suites in wow. Midtown, Georgia. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, okay, now let's tell us about your hair. My I mean, hair. we are known, I'm, our family is blessed with very long hair. With right. Big hair. We just have big hair. Right. So tell me about your hair. Mine. This is the big elephant in the room. <laughs> how did your hair get to... What happened? What, like, how did you... What's the inspiration behind it? Alright, so... This is my second set. Yeah. My first set... Yeah. I tried to get normal dreadlocks. Yeah, like this? Yeah. 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 But I have the most sensitive scalp in the world. Oh, okay. I can't do it. Okay. So, after... I think I only tried to get two retwists out yeah. of the first set of locks. Yeah. Um... I decided I'm not getting any more retwists. Yeah. So I decided to let my hair just naturally free from. Free yeah. from. Yeah. But if you dredge your hair up first before you naturally let it free form, it's called semi free forming. Yeah. Um, I cut my first set in 2016. Mm-hmm. Kwanzaa, because Shosho, my Shosho asked me, the one, if you don't remember, I brought my Shosho back. Yeah. She had asked me to cut my hair and bring her back to Kenya. So I <laughs> cut it off. Gosh. And then I decided to start my freeform journey without doing anything to my hair. Yeah. The whole, no brush, no yeah. comb, wash and go. Knowing your dad, <laughs> this is my uncle. I mean, I know, I know your dad very well. Yeah. He's very close to my father. Mm-hmm. So, and I hope that relationship, you know, stays, you know, the same way. For sure. Um, was your dad like, and your dad is, your dad is now a church person. Mm-hmm. Was he like surprised? Was he like, ah, what was... What's nah, up? actually, he's uh, dad. My dad is really open minded. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, he was really open. It was more so my mom. Yeah, than my dad. How 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 does, what does your mom think about your hair? Now, yeah, I mean, she embraced it. We, but we, you know we, the thing we about hair, the, the thing about this kind of things like hair, you're only a problem if you're broke. Right. Yeah, if you're independent in terms of your thinking, your style, the way you dress, the way you carry yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I can wear 10, 10 rings. Mm-hmm. Nobody's gonna ask me anything. Right. If I was broke, they'd have a say over my life. Because <laughs> I'd be like, see, we know you're going to ask us for money. Yeah. So you better do the, do the things we like. Right. So you always don't stack your paper. Get your money right. right. Because your family will overlook your hairstyle, right. your tattoos. If you're doing everything. If you're doing everything to. right. But, and that's the thing also, relationship with money is, is very interesting. But also, I know you've had run-ins. Like, you, your, your flight was moved because you had sort of a racist run-in. And I... I Naturally, I know the hair, mm-hmm. obviously, just people who are not comfortable or not to used it. to it. Mm-hmm. Naturally, they will tend to take, you know, extreme, yeah, caution. take extreme caution. Mm-hmm. So what was that all about? Do they think you have a gun in your hair? Like, what's a the bomb? deal? I don't know. They just think I have something in here. Yeah. Yeah. And when they check the extreme, there's nothing inside. Nah. So do you have something inside? Nothing at all. It's, it's just straight hair. Wow. Yeah. That's lo- Everyone hold it again. Gee, that's... <laughs> Long. This is only five years and eight months. Yo, that is long. Do you plan to cut it at all? Uh, nah, I'm, I'm chilling. Yeah, yeah. you're good. Anyway, done with the hair, but the hair helps you also when it comes to your personality as a rapper. Mm-hmm. Let's get into your music. When did you realize that, you know what, I want to be a rapper. I want to rap. I mean, who do you look up to for you to get a point where you're like, this is what, this is who I am. When did that journey start for you? Um... 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seven years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, I was a, I was already a big fan of music, mm-hmm. but when I first started dwelling in music, I was in the orchestra. I was yeah. a celloist. I play the cello. 
your line. I promise. Did you, you like play the cello, cello? I played it for eight. Because I want you to play the cello in my album. For real? Yeah. Right. I've always loved Esperanza Spalding. Uh-huh. One of my favorite artists because she plays the cello. I mean, she plays like every instrument in the right, world. Right, right. But she plays the cello, and I just think the the way. Just the bass sound that it has. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite instruments, the bass. When I, when I sing, uh-huh. there's sort of a bass, um, bass line. Bass line uh-huh. It really gets my vocals, right. you know, to really pop. Right. So, yeah. So, this is... I didn't know that we about know. you at all. Yeah, bro. But, you don't, but you don't put it anywhere on your social media. I mean, you know, because I, I, I grew into finding the passion of being an artist. Yeah. So, um, that's really it. But 2016... I was I was in a group of like we used to be a group called the Mafia 404. Yeah. I used to just be the person that supported. Yeah. But you see the Mafia 404. The Mafia 404. The Mafia 404. Yeah. 404 is the area code of uh, ah, ATL. Two one two four zero four nine one three four zero one. Ah, I get it. I hear so you in this group. Uh huh. Yeah. And um, I enjoyed I enjoyed the whole process of being in the studio, making music, making beats. Yeah. And that's when I was, I finally decided that actually this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do to make a source of income. And this is what I want to do to take care of my family. So you are an audio engineer. I mean, Mm -hmm. what, what takes you when you're in the studio? What do you love working on? What kind of genres do you love? What's your, what's your thing? What is it? I'm more, I don't have a specific thing. It's whatever it feels. Yeah. If I'm feeling it, yeah, I'll go crazy on it. Yeah, you know, and I usually create off of my moods. Mm. Me, I'm a moody create. I'm a moody artist. Yeah. So if I'm like excited, yeah, go in there, create. Yeah. If I'm mad, go in there, I vent. You know, I'm not really social, so that's the only place that I can really express and talk more. You're not social for real. Nah. But when I see you with your boys in Atlanta, I'm like, first and foremost, I was, I was, I don't want to stereotype, but I was like, I hope this guy is not a gangster. Because the kind of friends he hangs out with, I fear for my cousin. <laughs> Is he going to come back home alive? What were these people he hangs out with? Man. Your friends look very scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. Those, those were actually all my friends I when feel I like I cannot came. mess with them. Like, I'm like, oh, no, I'm from Kenya. Please don't finish me. I have no interest whatsoever with yeah. what you're doing. So, I mean, that, that's the people you grew up with. So, mm-hmm. do you feel, because I, I mean, when I, when I see you that way, and you can imagine how people who, let's say, white, right. Hispanic or whatever, how they see you. Do you feel like it's a front of sorts for sort of black young men to always be on guard in terms of how you carry yourselves? Yeah, but it, regardless, you're going to always have to be on guard whether you're successful or poor. Cause yeah. Even if you're successful, like, like my friend group, everyone's doing very good, but... They still got to watch their back because other people are either envious yeah. or they're not understanding why this black person is driving a Corvette yeah. and the other guy is just driving a Honda Civic. Yeah. You know, so instead of them seeing, okay, maybe this guy has good but credit. He hard, yeah. Yeah, he has good yeah. credit. Yeah. He does his work. He, he has his own, you know, job. He saves yeah. his money. Yeah. They think we're probably doing something illegal to get the yeah. type of car that they wish that they could have. Yeah. So... It's pretty tricky, but that's something that we just we we grew into understanding that if we ponder on it too much, yeah, it's gonna affect our progress. Yeah. So that's something that we really try our best not to focus on because yeah. 
you'll manifest it if you overthink it too much. Mm, mm. Yeah. Where do you, where do you, where do you plan to take your music now that you're in Kenya? I know you're gonna be here for a couple of months, and I mean, mm. since you came through, you must be spending more time in studio. I've right. seen you, you know, creating, recording, engineering. Right. You know, just always creating, and I, mm. I, I think that's a. I think that's you, it's sort of your value system, and I respect people for their value system because mm. it means this means a lot to you. Mm. So, where do you intend to take your music from a local perspective, from an American perspective, but also from an African perspective? Where do you hope this music is going to take you? My goal is to be international. Yeah. And honestly, um, I see myself spending at least two more years as being an artist mm -hmm. before starting like distribution companies, owning different studios. Because mm -hmm. I also feel like I want to help out the people that's having a hard time with the process. Yeah. You know, I want to build opportunities with my skills in music and yeah. what I can do with my talents. Mm. Any any artists that you really want to work with when you're here in, in, in Kenya at the moment? Or even um, who's based in Kenya or in Africa who you, you feel like probably you've been feeling their vibes. I mean, you're exposed to very different music mm. when you're in the States. But then I know locally, you know, there's sort of an interest or people sort of tell you, oh, this is a cousin of mine or this artist, I need you to listen to them. Mm. Who have you felt so far like, yeah, we would would definitely vibe with this artist? Um, see, it's, it's hard for me to say who off of judging their music. I like creating music with people that I've conversed with. Yeah. And we actually like clicked. You know, like the number one person I usually work with, his name is uh, Shoe Kid. Yeah. Chilled with him before we recorded to where we actually can create music without trying too hard. Hard, yeah. 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 So okay. I don't, you know, I, every there's a lot of dope artists out yeah. here, but I can't just say off of their skills, I want to work with them because yeah. I want to I connect while we working so it could be something that's longevity rather than just that moment. Yeah, rather mm -hmm. than give me some money and let's, let me be in the truck, yeah. the booth or whatever. It should be very, very, very um, organic. Yeah. We're also now celebrating 50 years of hip hop. What does hip hop mean to you as an artist, as a producer, as... As an individual, what mm -hmm. does hip-hop mean to you? Hip-hop is a safe space for me. And um, see, I'm, I'm, I don't want to disrespect the hip-hop heads. Yeah. But, you know, I also feel like hip-hop needs to also be open-minded a little bit. Okay. It's, it's gatekeeping the youth with the new style. Yeah. I'm more of a trap artist yeah. than hip-hop. Yeah. But I respect the hip-hop element because that's what created trap music. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And obviously trap is because of where you come from. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of and influence lifestyle. and lifestyle and influence based on that. Who are probably your favorite trap artists that we might know of? Your favorite, before we get to like your favorite hip-hop artists. Free Thugger, Young Thug, that's the guy. Yeah. This guy with a court case, that's that's your favorite. That's my guy. Jeez, this, this what, what did he do? He, he, he really messed up and now he's in jail. He's in prison actually. For yeah, some but Rico yeah, you, case. Yeah, you, you, you look like a, a big Young Thug fan. <laughs> You're giving me the bombastic side eye. <laughs> Dare you talk shit about Young Thug? <laughs> Free Thugger. <laughs> <laughs> but also, okay, it's good that we, I, I don't want to dwell too much. I feel like every time somebody meets an African-American or an American, we're always dwelling too much on the violence or whatever. But it's also a lot of the stuff that we see a lot of times. Yeah. But also this lifestyle comes with a lot of, you know, gang banging mm -hmm. and a lot of, you know, guns and all that stuff. 
I mean, is it necessary? Is it is all this necessary? Do you feel it's possible for artists to just be clean artists without all of this drama on the side? Or does it come with the territory? Um, it, it's it's usually on the industry. You yeah. know, majority of the artists that's independent yeah. are the ones that really don't dwell in that aspect. Mm -hmm. It's usually the ones that's signed under labels that's dealing with gang-related issues. Because they gotta pop. They gotta be spoken about. They gotta... Like, I can not majority of the industry, but I can say, like, partial of the industry is gang-related. Yeah. Like, even if you take it back in, in hip-hops, like... Yep. With with Tupac, Tupac and the reason BIG, why yeah. there wasn't that many big artists like that because it was gang involved and there were yeah. the ones that was controlling who's passing out the CD, who's popping. Mm. So I think it's just something that was coming along in the entertainment. Even someone like Big who did come from like a a good family, yeah, but his his first job mm. was pushing drugs. Yeah, I mean, we look at who Jay Z, Jay Z. When you look at Fifty, I mean. A lot of them, it was the drugs first, right. but also the drugs allowed them to sort of have get a network, get, yeah, get the money, but also mm -hmm. have a network of people where they knew where to perform, mm -hmm. where to put the music out, mm -hmm. and also gatekeep for themselves. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but also that also means that hip hop saves people. Right. When you look at the artists from Kenya, when you look at um, Octopizo, and he comes from the get the ghetto. Mm -hmm. I mean, hip hop has helped him to elevate himself. When you look at Calligraph, he does come from the ghetto. Right. When you look at Bokadinali, they do come from Island's ghetto. Mm -hmm. Ukoflani, all of these people, there's an element of ghetto that allows people from, in hip hop to make it. Right. Because it's just the mentality of the ghetto. You gotta. Bro, nobody wants to stay in the ghetto. For we sure. can all argue all we want. Oh, the ghetto is nice. It's you know there's the family. Fuck the ghetto. <laughs> I don't want to live in the ghetto all my life. Right? Are you kidding? I want to live. Yeah. I want to go out. I mean, I want to be stuck here, seeing shit when I walk in the morning. Yeah. And if it rains, I'm worried that there'll be shit flowing through my door. I don't want to see any of that right. stuff. So nobody wants to live in the ghetto. Mm -hmm. As we conclude, um. Tell us your plans that you have in Kenya. What you're hoping to achieve? Um, mm -hmm. Are you gonna do any masterclass with, like, let's say, audio engineers? Mm -hmm. um, is that something that you're you're, you're thinking of? Um, apart from being held in the studio, mm -hmm. could you please leave the house and do some things? Could you please hike or go to the coast? I will. I like, will. Right I now, I'm still having <laughs> I'm still having culture shock with people reacting to my hair. So what? So what, man? Listen, man. They will always react to this hair. By the way, and no offense, but there's some Kenyans that don't respect personal space. <laughs> that's a lot of Kenyans. There's no that's such like thing as personal space. That's like ninety percent of Kenyans. Yeah. They'll, you see, even like for me, for me to hold, you have to like ask you. So can I? Yeah. They don't. They'll be like, yeah, hey, I know, I know. <laughs> so I'm also learning that's, patience. Yeah. Does that shock you the way we are, and also staring? We don't oh, mind staring stare. is cool. Yeah. It's no, whatever. it's not cool. Not for me. Don't stare at me. You please go mind your own business. <laughs> stare at other things. Why are you staring? Really? I'm a human. Why you, you? you can look but not touch. Yeah, See? why are you surprised? But, but I can imagine this happens with the elderly and the kids. Oh, a yeah. lot. They will touch your hair. Yeah, they try to. Yeah, but also people don't people forget that the hair is such an antenna. Mm. But if you touch my hair, there's if you have Dirty vibes or whatever, yeah. I actually end up scratching myself a lot. That right. happens to me a lot. No, that's so true. So don't touch Rasta people. Mm. And we're not called deadlocks, it's Rasta people. <laughs> so there's a couple of places that I feel you need to go when you're in Kenya. Right. You need to probably hike Mount Kenya or hike Ngong Hills. Okay. You need to go to the coast. Right. You need to do some of the museums, 
the railway museum, right. uh, the museum of Kenya itself. Mm-hmm. I feel like you need to travel. I see you always in the in studio. The studio. You yeah. need to. You need to leave. It's an obsession, man. Yeah, but I'm gonna make you leave. <laughs> I'm gonna make you leave. Um, yeah, and just find some life outside of the studio. Right. Are you dating at the moment? No. Or I'm are not. you with your babe mama? Is that your person? No, I'm single. Are you planning to date in Nairobi? Uh, I mean, if, or if it are comes, you worried? It yeah, happens. they're always asking you. Or the moment you say hi, they say, oh, babe, I don't have 2K for gas. Man, listen, that thing is international. <laughs> it happens in ATL and it happens here. So, so what happens is like, hi, what's up, babe? I'm good. And then. I think it's because, you know, people just see you. Okay, you're an artist. You keeping up this. You have something. You know, you could, you could but nah. Yeah. Nah, I got goals and dreams too, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so you had, you guys, what it's called the It's called the fair fraternity. <laughs> so it's like, hi, hi, how are you? So, babe, uh, could you please get some fair? Like, fair already. already. I met you yesterday. You see the girl at the pizza fire show, she's laughing. <laughs> She's laughing because she's asked for fair many times. <laughs> so when they when they ask you for fair, yeah. don't be surprised. But also men always ask for ask ladies for fair. Oh no. Yeah, men. That 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 guy. That guy. You see, even the, that's see? not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. Asking women for fair to go to their homes we and have their to places. Pick our struggle. Please, can you pick a struggle? So yeah, <laughs> we're gonna please. We have to before we conclude your. Biggest hip hop artist that you really, really rank, mm-hmm. and your plans in Kenya as we move and try and unite our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my biggest. Okay. Yeah, I'm a Kanye West fan. Okay, it's the biggest to me. Sorry, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, my favorite album from him yeah. is Late Registration mm-hmm. and 808 Art Breaks. Mm-hmm. What's up? Nothing. You're giving me the bombastic guy, my yeah, guy. Yeah, because, because I don't want to <laughs> fuck with Kanye West fans. They're like too emotional, like your leader. So I'm just zip. It's okay. I, I used to love Kanye West until until Kanye West started showing Kanye West. But we're speaking about the albums, yeah, not Kanye the, West. The thing is, is, the truth is, it's very difficult. When people say shit, when people really show themselves, right. it's always difficult to remove themselves from the... From the yeah, music right. we can act all we want but if i see you being like let's say you're a, if you're sexist or you're a bigot it's so difficult for me to listen to your music na 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 wait till i get my money right i'm like that song is beautiful but now that you got your money right i don't like the guy who got his money right because <laughs> this guy is actually a bigot because he would never have said these things right. when he didn't get his money right. right so i'm unable to differentiate between the artistry and the human it's difficult for me right but also i know what you're saying it's a challenge mm-hmm. that i'm for me to be a real fan i mm-hmm. must be able to do that yeah so i think for me now i'm just gonna stick with to be honest one of my favorite hip-hop artists ever is lil kim right i up yo i absolutely love lil kim i mean for her fashion sense right, right for right. just being a trailblazer and for everything that she did and you know she yeah she's to me, she's in my mm-hmm. she's in my list there. She's dope too. Yeah, she's dope too. She's really dope. Okay, plans for the future as you as we wind up as you leave Kenya and also mm-hmm. a word to your mom who I know did everything to raise your family and make you who you are. Right. You know, Madam Warenga. Yes. Sir. How how's how's that been? What do you wanna tell her? What do you wanna tell mommy? Mama, I love you. 
You raised a superstar. I thank you, Mama. And I'm sorry for all the things I put you through. <laughs> you know? <laughs> your, your favorite child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and obviously your sisters is one boy. And Louisa. And Louisa. Yeah, Louisa is the one who I remember. I think Louisa is the one who were like probably age mates. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Because we did I didn't hang out a lot with Louisa. Uh. It's a beautiful soul. Thank you so much no for, for for coming through. Yeah. Thank you for making time for your cousin. And for all of you guys who need to go and check out his music, make sure you go check out John the Finesse God. Yes, sir. Because this man is all about finesse. I mean, it runs in our family. Ah! Finesse! Ah, finesse! If we are broke, if you are broke, it's not our business. Uh-huh. So we are just the finesse gods. So John the Finesse God, go check him out on Spotify, on Apple Music, mm-hmm. on every streaming platform you can all think of. Platforms. Show him some love. And I'm hoping that, yeah, now that I know you are going to play cello in each and every one of my songs in my third album. Okay. My third album, I think, will be called, I think, I'm not sure about the name, I think it's going to be called uh, Mind, Body, and Soul. Oh. So it's album number three, so those three things. So mind is the very, you know, the music, the music that makes you think. Mm-hmm. Body is the music that makes you move. move. Right, right, And right. soul is just touches the inside. For sure. So Sounds mind, beautiful. body, soul. So I can't wait for you to to play the cello in my album. Let's get it. Thank you so much for coming through. And by the way, j- you put your me. hands like this. I realize you have uh, my uncle's uh, hands. Yeah. Yeah. My un- uncles have the same exact toenails. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Guy, this and yeah, your family. It's not even a lie. That's a way, bro. Yeah, we literally have the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we have the same look at our knuckles. Like, what are the odds that we look so much alike? I mean, in the blood. it was meant to happen. Thank you to my cousin of so many oh, yeah, years gone sure, by. Sure. Thank you so, so much for coming through. Thank and you for having me. Yeah, make sure you go check out John the Finesse God all over social media. Also, make sure that you check us out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Subscribe, share, tell everybody about it. It's Unlock Your Soul Podcast. And also on Instagram, at Unlock Your Soul Pod. And also on TikTok and every other place, Unlock Your Soul Podcast. Whatever it is, go check it out. I'm at the beautiful Fire and Door at Nairobi Street Kitchen. Yeah. Eh. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The one yeah. you to rap. Yeah, the one you to rap. Yeah, he did sing. The one you to rap. Do your thing. Oh, nah, nah, nah. Uh, no. I rap. Yeah. I don't, usually, I don't usually freestyle. I think that's for the old no, heads. freestyle. Like, your favorite song at the moment. Your favorite song at the moment. Like, the verse that you're like, heh, <laughs> This is the one I like. I love. Go check it out on all my platforms. <laughs> Support me. Go yeah, check it that, out. That's that's not a very artistic thing. You don't tell people that he, I'm a you're a rapper, so rap for us. I'm a clown. Make us laugh. No. <laughs> See you. Bye. Thank you for choosing Unlock Your Soul podcast, where it helps you to grow and, of course unlock your soul. I hope you learned something new, something bright, something great today and that you can also share this podcast with each and every single person that you know. All you gotta do is review, like and share this podcast on your favorite social media platform. Also, make sure you check us out on YouTube at Unlock Your Soul Podcast, on Instagram at Unlock Your Soul Pod and on TikTok at Unlock Your Soul Podcast. It's time 